comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you gotta do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. 
The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
Finish o'clock. We're starting Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yay! I am so excited for tonight's show because it's all ladies. Yay! All lady lineup. Ladies from beginning to end being funny, telling jokes. I love it. Is this a month for feminists or something? No, it doesn't matter. We're just ladies are funny, and it's, uh, it's a great place to be, and I'm really excited for the lineup tonight. Yes! It's Friday. I am still uh, high from 420. I know that that's lame. Or, yeah. Uh, well, every day is 420 for me. I just smoke pot constantly every day, so I just smoked more, and... I keep smoking more. My tolerance is so high at this point. Uh, am I really, am I here? Am I, I don't even know. This is a place I hang, yeah, hey, George is here, that's good. I, I've just been high my entire life, it feels like at this point. I love 420, it's like, it's like Halloween, the amateurs all come out from Walnut Creek and they come and smoke pie here. And they're like, oh my God, this pre-roll joints are amazing. Like, I just made it, it's just my joints, it's fine. You can buy one. If, I was giving away pot on 420 at the Brainwash. I had a show, and I was giving all the comedians weed after they performed. And uh, one comedian, uh, he goes, hey, Pam, uh, I don't really smoke weed. I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, meet a girl on the BART. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, now you've got weed and you don't smoke it. You can actually maybe meet a girl and get a date. It's a great opener. If you just hand a girl weed on the BART, she's going to talk to you. It's like, it's foolproof. Actually, it's the best hit, hit move you can do. Everybody wins. I'll take your weed. You can give it back to me. It's cool. I'm not going to date you. But we're going to have a conversation on the phone later, maybe text back and forth. Thanks, thanks for the weed. Uh, it does not. This it, is a magic key. It, it's a magic key for me. It unlocks my pussy. <laughs> but not, not everybody has that special lock and key combination. It's like, just give me the weed. Uh, yay! Uh, so this show is uh, super fun and exciting, and if you've been here before, you know the little song that we sing before we get started, and if you don't know, follow along with the people next to you. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, clubhouse. comedy, clubhouse. together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high! <laughs> I love that granddaddy cookies, you know, it's so good. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! Yay! I am so excited for our first performer of the night. We're doing a weird, like, like switch around, a roux on the list. Your first comedian is actually the headliner of the show. She's going first. She's an amazing human being who runs a show at Piano Fight called Live Sex, uh, along with a lot of other shows. She's going to be performing at Women's Day. She's uh, women behaving badly or something that nothing ever, I love to do the little thing up and you're upside down in a tree and she's having an awesome time. I'm like, I can't wait for all of the wonderful things that happened to this comedian. And you guys are going to love her right now. Put your hands together for the very hilarious Luna Melbro. Give it up for Pam Benjamin. She's amazing. All right. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to enjoy this. Are you going to enjoy this? Yeah. Yes. You will. Great, great answer. Oh. Yes. Uh. Yes. All these sound effects. I'm really, uh, I'm really feeling it, y'all. Is anybody else? Has anyone else been feeling it since yesterday when Prince died? 
I know. What a way to start off my set, right? And I was like, are we going to be crying together or laughing? Purple rain. Yes. Yeah. Do it, girl. I might. I did say I was like, you know, I'm so inspired. Because did anyone ever see that man perform? That man was a, a great ass before. And it just made me think, like, I don't do enough, right? Like, how come I'm not busting splits on stage? I should probably do that. I might. By the end of the show, if you're all good, I might bust a split. I don't know. But I was just like, yeah, he just brought everything. And it just kind of, you know, it, you know, musicians just make comedians look so bad because they're just <laughs> they're just super talented. Not saying that we're not talented, but they're just twirling around in the air and taking off clothes and shirts and shit and just being really sexy. Meanwhile, I'm just like, my vagina, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just doesn't work the same. It's just not as sexy. And, you know, people think... Oh, you're out all the time, Luna, blah, 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 blah. But it's just, it's, just not, it's just not really not sexy. You know, me talking about how disappointing my vagina is has never gotten me laid. Fun fact. <laughs> never, never. So tonight I'm going to talk about how great it is. Right? We'll, see, we'll see what happens there. How about that? How about that? Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> Believe this guy. He's just, he just, <laughs> are you going to be, can you vouch for it? Are you going to, are you going to lie? He's like, I can't lie on the stand. Um, there's not, you know what? There's nothing funny about how great my vagina is, sir. All right. It's a very serious thing. Note to self, next time bring a Bible. I'm going to bring a Bible uh, for people to swear on that. Think about that. But anyway, are y'all doing good? Yes. yes. Everyone's having a good time. It's great, except for you. Are you? Okay. Were you deep in thought? Okay. It's okay if you were. Sometimes I get deep in thought about things. It was interesting. I was in a car the other day, and in a lift, to be specific, and I was deep in thought about some shit, and the driver was just like, what's going on, little lady? Is there a man on your mind? Are you thinking about a man? I'm like, I'm thinking about my fucking taxes because I'm an adult, you know what I mean? Like, thinking about a man, what? I'm thinking about the IRS, like, what? You know, I'm grown, I'm an adult. Wrong, I get it. Sometimes we think about things, it's fine, no judgment. It's cool. Um, I am doing good. I, I'm, I must admit, this has been a great year for me. I have been trying out a lot of new things in my love life, specifically. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I was seeing this guy recently. Uh, we're all friends. Can we, we're friends now? Okay, good. I'll be real. I was fucking this guy recently, if I'm going to correct myself. And he had a Prince Albert. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are not this guy, uh, a Prince Albert is when you have a metal dick piercing at the tip of your dick and he was in that thing that guys do just always bragging about his dick like Luna it's gonna be so such a new experience for you and y'all I'm here to testify I gotta testify I'm not gonna lie it was a completely brand new experience he's right he was right it's the first time I ever had sex and had to get a tetanus shot afterwards it never <laughs> never happened before you know I'm kind of into the pain you know like I'm kinky I'm like okay Give me a shot, doctor. You know, it's, you know, yeah, I'm into that. You know, he was right. Brand new experience. It was good. I, uh, I also went on vacation recently, finally. Thank God, after years. I went to Panama. Yeah. Has anyone been to Panama? All right. 
I'm not trying to brag. I felt like I was living Beyonce's Instagram dream life, y'all. It was like that. It was beautiful, deep blue waters and bright palm trees, perfect weather. And I went on these islands. By the way, Panama is really cheap, FYI. If I can afford it, everybody can. Um, one of these islands, and, you, and I felt I was feeling so sexy. And you know how you're feeling sexy and you're looking good and you're just like waiting on someone else to you know, be like, girl, you look good. Just acknowledge that. And I was having one of those moments like, yeah, I know I look good. But... I got something different. I got a different greeting um, by one of the native islanders who saw me. As soon as my feet touched the ground, he was just like, your skin. I was like, yeah, yeah, my skin. Your hair, I'm like, yeah, my hair, right? And then he was like, you look like Whoopi Goldberg, right? <laughs> right, thank you, thank you. Laughter's appropriate, that no was even more appropriate. That like shock and horror of like, no, not you. That is the appropriate response, by the way. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, the problem with this is that, um, not necessarily there was a problem, but he said it in Spanish. He said, it, you know, mainly Spanglish. The problem is that I don't really speak Spanish. I don't. I know I should. I'm a social worker by day. I should. I should know Spanish, but I don't. I only know one phrase. The only phrase I know is, perdóname, pero esta noche. Alguien necesita mujer, pero no es mi señor, es usted, which is translated straight from Ebonics. Somebody got to die tonight, but it ain't me. It's you, sir. Right? I felt like that was the only phrase I ever needed to know in Spanish. So I used that right then. I was just like, it was just, you know, it was natural. It just rolled off the tongue. Like, somebody got to die. You know what I mean? Um, and he was just like, I'm sorry, lo siento. I'm sorry. You know? I was thinking of the other one, the one who plays tennis. Right? I know. I was like, excuse me. First of all, that's racist, right? That's a problem, that's racist. Second of all, thank you. I'll take that. Thank you. That's much better, right? Appreciate that. Serena Williams is fine, that's a fine woman. You know, she works out, body looks tight. I, I was thinking about working out uh, and changing my diet, but um, fun fact, good tip for you all, I have a friend who works in Hollywood, and she taught me about this thing called the three-quarter turn where when they're filming people in Hollywood, they just have them turn a certain way and shaves about 25 pounds off of them. I was like, oh, that's good to know because I was gonna eat right, exercise, and change my lifestyle. <laughs> but then I realized I could just turn to the side. So <laughs> if you'll see me do my set tonight, I'm gonna be kind of angling in various ways throughout the set. So you, you all will have a chance you know, to get that optimum look, you know what I mean? I think you got the best, best look. You're like, that, that, that girl is fine, yeah. But she looked like Serena from like this angle, just this angle, not, not dead on though, it's fine, it's fine. But yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I'm looking at this audience, okay. All right, I guess I'm the only one preparing for the race war. Is that what's happening? No, who else is preparing? Girl, you preparing? We might be on opposite sides. It's, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna join my side? All right. Anyone else wanna join the people of color, black people? Yeah, 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 I see you. You're like, yeah, I got you. All right, it's cool. No, choose now, choose your sides wise, wisely. I feel like, uh, you know, 
You know the best person to be in the race war is a San Francisco white person, honestly. Like, <laughs> oh my God, he's just... <laughs> that was the best response ever. He's just like looking like, yeah, I know. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> Strategically, you are the safest person because, you know, when the race war happens, we'll be like, ah, oh, you're a San Francisco white person. You know what I mean? We might pass over your house. But at the same time, if the white people win, they'll be like, we're going to liberate you, San Francisco white people. You know what I mean? You're just, god damn it. You're just winning on all levels. He's just like, yeah, I know. It's fine. You better give us provisions, right? I'll be knocking at your door. No, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm just looking at this election cycle, and I'm just preparing. I'm just like doing squats at home, you know? I'm watching Walking Dead, ba- mainly to just learn strategies from Michonne. I'm like, okay, girl, what you did, yeah. I'm like, okay, you did that. All right, I literally am, because it's just the, the rhetoric is just too much right now. I feel like, what, what the fuck is happening? What's going on? And um, it's really interesting, because... I happen to have a lot of different diverse friends. I have friends of all backgrounds. And people say we're all the same. Some people say we're all the same. Some people say we're different. I say we're, we're uh, different in the same way, <laughs> is how I prefer to think of it. Because uh, case in point, a very close friend of mine, one of my closest friends, is Masha. Masha. Masha's from Russia, all right? Masha's a little different, a little different. Uh, no matter what I got going on in my life, no matter what's going on with me, I can be like, Masha, I really like this guy, but I don't think he likes me. I don't know what's going on, you know? And Masha's just like, Luna, it's very simple, Luna. You have no problem. It's no problem because you're going to die very soon. Very soon you're going to die, any minute, any minute. And then no problem. That's how Masha sees the world. I was like, oh, okay. All right, thanks. I guess it's comforting, you know? I just have to live longer than the guy. So I can do that, you know? And if, when I'm talking to my Latina friends, if I have an issue or something that's happening, they're just like, oh, your poor mother. First of all, why are you bringing my mother into it? You know what I mean? This is about me. It's about me. And they're just like, oh, don't worry. When you pray, things will be fine. And when you get to heaven, God will bless you. I still have to die for things to get better, um, it seems. And it's so interesting with my black friends, because if I tell them what's going on with me, they're like, bitch, why are you complaining? You're still alive. I don't understand. What's the problem? What's the problem? Yeah, it's a little real. It's a little too real. But it's fine, because when I talk to my white friends about issues, they're just like, oh, my God. If that was me, I would have totally killed myself. I just would have killed <laughs> I just would have just done it. I just would have killed myself. I don't know how. I don't know how you let your coworker say that to you. I just would have slashed my wrist. It's fine. <laughs> just having fun. Um, it's good times. It's good times. Yeah, I, w- I know a lot about race uh, because I am a black person. For those of you who are looking at me, it's, you're, you're correct. Uh, and I'm a black person from Louisiana, which is a very interesting thing to be, right? Are you from Louisiana too? No. Okay. You're just like, d- look, you can't be co-signing on things and then decide to change your mind. Oh, it's not the same. Oh, it's not the same. You're one of them. Which, choose your side, man. Choose your side. Oh, uh-uh. See? He's, he's with you. He'll be in your camp. Just, just trying to be as safe as possible for that race war. Like, I get along with everybody. No. We're coming for you. It's going to be... I fucked them Louisiana. 
<laughs> we got you too. No, it's interesting. It's crazy in Louisiana because um, it's a little different. You know, I'll go, I'll go home and it's a bar about this size, feels like this, and I'll walk in and a man will open the door for me and just say, here you go, nigger woman. <laughs> I know, I know. I was really shocked too. A man opened the door for me? Gosh, so shocking, you know? You just don't see that every day, you know? And it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, uh, y'all can tell, I'm gonna, you're gonna hear a little bit about me. I'm an open-minded woman, meaning I've, I fucked a couple of, or, or 10 or 15 or whatever, I don't know, I can't keep track, of white dudes before in my life, you know what I mean? I've, got, I've dated outside the race. Very hard thing to do in Louisiana, it's hard because you never know if your boyfriend's really in the KKK, you know? That's not even a joke. I actually found out one time that my boyfriend was in the KKK. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. He was in the KKK fraternity. He was just like, I just pled. Anyway, it, we don't even have to get into that. No, but it's interesting because a lot of times people pat themselves on the back like I do interracial dating. I'm not racist. Fuck you. Because you still have issues, you know? Case in point. I'm back home recently. I go home for the holidays, like a good girl does, whatever. Um, and I'm there hanging with my homegirls, and it's four black women hanging out in a bar, and one guy approaches us, a white guy. And for those of you who haven't figured it out, it takes a lot of cojones for a white man to approach four angry-looking black women, right? <laughs> right? Now, I'm not saying all black women look angry. I'm saying me and my friends do, all right? <laughs> Exhibit A, right? It was just straight up just having a good time like this with this facial expression, drinking straight whiskey. Anyway, he approaches us, so I'm like, okay, you know, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, you're, I like you, you're strong. We're having a good time, we're talking, we're drinking, and then we do that thing that we do in Louisiana where you, you drink, and then it's time to eat, right? Because we, we're some eaters. And it's late at night, and so we're like, okay, it's time for some IHOP. Right? So we're getting ready to go to IHOP. He's the least drunk person, because we're so responsible, right? It's always like pull straws, you know. Um, <laughs> least drunk person drives, because we're responsible. And we're all getting ready to go in his car. Uh, my friends are very far behind, because no one walks in Louisiana, so they're not used to doing those kinds of things. Um, and all of a sudden, I heard him say, well, I ain't never been with an ebony woman before. Yeah, right? I know. Thank you. I love it. I, thanks, for, thanks for the sound effects, right? Like, I, I really appreciate that. Like, I'm a black girl. I appreciate this, this, you know, the oral tradition of what? You know what I mean? Can I get an amen, right? All right, thank you. I like that. So I said, Ebony, you know what I mean? Already, that's the problem, right? Because if you're saying Ebony, that lets me know you don't know any black people, right? <laughs> You don't know any black people. You are just watching you porn videos. That's just it. You're just watching you porn. That's your only exposure. You know, that's it. That's it. So, I mean, that was a warning sign. But did y'all hear me? I said IHOP. I said IHOP. So pancakes were on my mind, right? And they have a little glaze on it. It's so good. You know, you get your strawberry toppings. So good. So don't judge me. So I'm moving to his car, right? I'm getting closer. And then we're getting into his car, and he's just like, okay, I think your friends are gonna be a while, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Yeah, I'm like, what? You know, what do you think we're gonna do? 
And then he was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. You're ebony. All right? So then he pops in a CD in the CD player. Right? If you're keeping track, this is the third warning sign. All right? This third warning. Spider senses should be going off, would have been going off. But hunger trumps it. I'm just going to be real. You know what I mean? And maybe you haven't had a stack of IHOP pancakes at 3 a.m. in the morning in Louisiana, okay? They're just delicious. They're just fucking good, all right? So don't judge me with your judging looks. I don't need that, all right? Um, so I stayed. I was like, what, what's happening? He's popping in the CD player. What's going to go on? And all of a sudden, there's some pause, and he's just like trying to press like track 13. And all of a sudden, I hear... Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Tell me what you want to do and I know what I have. Like, really? For those of you who don't know, I see some young faces in the crowd. That is Bone Thugs in Harmony, okay? Meet me at the crossroads. A 1996 classic about meeting in the crossroads of life and death, all right? This guy, this man, thought playing that song would get me, an ebony woman, to fuck him in his car, all right? Let me break this down for you, all right? For those, if you haven't caught it, that is highly offensive, incredibly offensive. And the most offensive thing about it was the sex was horrible. It was really bad, really. Really offended my sensibilities as an ebony queen. I was upset, upset about that. Yeah, you know, so it just, you just, when you grow up with that shit, you know, you dodge a lot of bullets, you just gotta run away as far as you can, you know? So I came out here to San Francisco just hoping, just hoping to get some, you know, some new experiences, to meet a nice progressive man, you know, make my mama proud. That's hard, that's hard to do out here. The city is whack, I'm just gonna say, for dating. It's a hard city to date, you know, because no one wants to talk to you in your face, they're all on these apps, you know? Basically, um, I'm really just trying to set it up uh, for the reasons why I fuck around on Tinder, honestly. I just want, I want you to have empathy for me. Because I fuck around on Tinder um, even though I'm an avid fan of Law & Order SVU. Okay? <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Law & Order SVU, if you watched, you know, one, five, 17 seasons. It changes the way you see the world. It just changes things, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'll get a message from a guy on Tinder and it's something like, do you live alone or with roommates? I'm looking at you because it seems like you send that message before. Uh, all the time, right? And I, you think you're slick, but I can decode that. You know what I mean? I know what he's really trying to say is, when was the last time your family saw you? You know? <laughs> Will there be any witnesses when I ax murder you? What kind of Lifetime movie? I can read between the lines. I could see that, right? Um, but still, I persist on Tinder because the heart wants what the heart wants, okay? That and Jesus uses Tinder to tell me things about myself, okay? <laughs> it's true. I'll tell you this. Um, we'll have you here at attention. Let you know how Jesus speaks to me. I was on Tinder, swiping left on these fools, like y'all know how to do, you know, you swipe left on these ugly, unattractive people. And every now and then there's someone really attractive that pops up, he got abs, like a six pack, a six pack of abs, okay? Do you know how rare that is? 
Also, not first photo abs, by the way. Second photo, which means perfect gentleman, okay? <laughs> so I swiped right. Immediately I got a message. Hey, Luna, you got curves for days. It's like, oh, ha ha, it has begun. So I got a little game, y'all. So I hit him with the, I got curves for weeks, actually. Mm, right? You can take note. You can use that. I won't be mad. And then he responded, well, I'd like to parade down those curves. I know, right? A fan of parades. <laughs> so I hit him with the classic, well, did you file the proper paperwork? <laughs> and contact the city official to make a parade down these. I obviously know way too much about how parades work, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you still gotta make it sexy. You gotta make it sexy. Now his response is really interesting, okay? Because he responded with, well, I don't know. How much does that cost? Okay, oh. right? So now we've entered the point in the conversation, it happens sometimes in person. It happens way more online where you're just like joking, and you're trying to be cute, you're trying to be sexy, and you're going back and forth with someone, and then you're like, what are we talking about? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. What are we, what are we, what are we saying? What is happening? Um, so I did what any warm-blooded woman would do in that situation. I just threw a bunch of emojis at his ass. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah, right? Classic. Wink, smiley face, question mark. Pizza. Eggplant, that one, you know? Like, what's the proper emoji for when you feel like you're being solicited for sex and prostitution online? I don't know. Banana? banana? Manga, okay. Oh, he knows, he knows. He's like, oh, banana. <laughs> well, I did all that, um, and then his response was really interesting. No words, no emojis, just dollar sign, $950. Okay, I know, right? That's Jesus. I saw your face, you're like, what? That's the Lord. I know, right? Uh, because $950, let me break something down for you, okay? That's $1,000 more than what I normally get from having sex, okay? <laughs> we do that math. We do that math. I mean, once you do the wax and the gas money, it's all down the drain. So I'm thinking, I don't know whether or not I should be offended or tell you my PayPal email address is lunamalboro at gmail.com, right? <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You all have been great. Give it up for Pam. She's going to start the bidding at 1,000. Thank you. Follow me, Luna's America. Keep it going for Luna Malbro. Yeah. You can take the girl out of Louisiana, but IHOP's going to follow you wherever you go. There's IHOP here, San Francisco, South City. Get some pancakes late night. Delicious. Yes, uh, almost as delicious as our comedy. One more time, you guys. Put your hands together for Luna Malbro. Yay. Huzzah! All right, our next comedian on the lineup is a really funny lady. I've had the opportunity to see her pretty much every Monday and Friday for the past couple months. You guys are going to laugh hysterically at her jokes. Clap wildly right now, you guys, for Mary Goss! That is my name. Thank you, Pam. Um, I was also pretty fucked up about Prince. I am not okay about that. I got to uh, celebrate, I think, in a very appropriate way last night. I uh, went over to a straight male friend's house and we just listened to Purple Rain and held each other and cried, which is the gayest thing I've ever done. <laughs> 
including having sex with women. Um, <laughs> way gayer than that, way gayer than that. And I feel like that was that was definitely an appropriate way to just uh, mourn Prince, is do something that on its surface looks, or vaguely should be heterosexual, but is really just gay as shit. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I am. Uh, I do have sex with women sometimes. I, uh, I, I'm just like I'm like gay enough that people tend to assume that I'm a lesbian. I'm not gay enough to stop having sex with men, which comes as a disappointment to me and to men, <laughs> and definitely to men. Uh, but I, uh, I just keep doing that. Sh- it's like the second anyone finds out that, like, okay, like you're, uh, you have sex with women, and then also with men, you, they just start asking for your lesbian credentials. <laughs> it's just like, so have you been in a relationship with a woman? Like, do you date women exclusively? Like, what's going, what, what's going on there? What are you doing? Let me know your whole deal right now. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, gay women tend to assume that I am gay, but straight people uh, do not. I end up being kind of like an accidental uh, double agent for the LGBT community. (laughs) So what I have found out from that is that when they think they're alone, straight people say some fucked up shit. (laughs) I found that out because uh, someone someone I know was talking about how his wife just joined a softball league and he was just, yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, you already know where I'm going with that. His wife just joined a softball league. Uh, His happily heterosexual, uh, I don't know if she's happy, but she's (laughs) seemingly a heterosexual woman, uh, just joined a softball league, and uh, he was worried, because he was just like, you know, the lesbians, they're gonna, what if they just try to convert her? And I was just like, that makes it sound like so much fun to be gay. Like just riding around in a van, just looking for straight women, just blasting Katie Lang. Like, I want to be in that van. Like, Ellen's driving, Porsche's riding shotgun. It sounds sick. (laughs) Way into that. Uh, Sign me the fuck up. Um, But I do, yeah, no, I do uh, tend to date straight men on occasion. Um, And I I have a lot of friends, but I'm single right now, and I have a lot of friends in, like, really, like, committed, like, beautiful, like, aspirational relationships who like to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Uh, Lately, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that I'm doing wrong, apparently. A whole bunch. Uh, Lately, what they've been telling me that I've been doing wrong is that my standards are too high, which is interesting. Uh, I have not had that thought before. Um, There are many reasons that I have not had that thought before, chief of which is that uh, the last, or not the last, but two, I have now dated two adults who do not have bed frames. Mattresses on the fucking floor for Mary. Um, And that's the thing. So I don't know where they think my bar is set at, like in terms of my own standards, but it's like, it's like here, it's like here. Friends, I'm excited to tell you, I do have an update for that joke now. I do have an update. Uh, the, uh, the last, or the last person that I dated who didn't have a bed frame also, uh, had, did not have a singular comforter, just had three throw blankets. <laughs> like a family of surprisingly literate raccoons. Yeah, no, lived, lived like a family of raccoons with a book, with a bookshelf. Um, 
and the update for that joke is that I recently found out that Raccoon Boy uh, not only has a bad frame, but also has one singular comforter. <laughs> I found this out a year after we broke up, so that does nothing for me at the moment. Uh, but you know, make sure to congratulate Connor Doherty next time you see him. <laughs> that dude, my buddy. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not not really uh, into dating super much. <laughs> it's not really fun. I kind of. I kind of thought that I'd be in a different place in my life at this point. Uh, I, yeah, I watched too many Disney movies as a kid. Like that's that's got to be it. Because I expected by this point I'd just be like, oh yeah, very much in love, getting dressed by birds, like <laughs> normal Disney movie princess shit. Uh, but as it turns out, if you just kind of like change your perspective a little bit, you too can be living your Disney princess lifestyle. I found this out recently because I was making out so aggressively in a bar that I lost a shoe about it. <laughs> I, I then got kicked out of that bar at exactly midnight. <laughs> I am Cinderella. I am Cinderella full on. You're welcome. Um, and there's also, uh, so I, I don't really send naked pictures of myself very often. I feel like I only do it in like the normal contexts, you know, like my employers, <laughs> my dentist, other people's moms. Just, uh, just normal shit because I was like, ever since phones be like, phones could send pictures. Like women were always told, like, do not send naked pictures of yourself. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that because the guy's gonna get it and he's gonna be like, oh my god, boobs, and he's gonna show all his friends. It's just like you have boobs, and apparently this will ruin your whole reputation and then you will die. <laughs> um, men did not seem to get that same warning. Men just are all about sending penis pictures to people. <laughs> all the goddamn time. Uh, and I have not personally received a picture of a dick, uh, which is not an invitation. Please don't do that. I have not personally received a penis picture, but I have received a shitload of secondhand penis pictures. <laughs> all of the time and like I feel like men should have been more warned about that because like you know when a dude gets a naked picture it's just like hey look like yeah get naked pictures um when a woman gets an a, like generally just a penis picture there's no context there so a woman gets a dick pic and then sends it to all her friends immediately and then then when her friends often me uh get that penis picture we're not we're not like oh yeah dick it's more just like we're judging that shit on like artistry like composition and framing <laughs> like we're we're looking at that analytically and we uh, are not pleased there was um my friend sent me a picture she had received uh from a potential beau uh who was firmly knocked out of the running after that um it was weirdly backlit so it looked like his dick was haunted. <laughs> so then of course we referred to him as Casper the Friendly Cock for the rest of his life. Very, very much into, uh, into that guy. I want, what I really wanted was for her to like send it back to him with annotations. <laughs> you know, like some notes. Just like, uh, where are you going with this? Or like, you refuse to acknowledge the prompt. Uh, this is not what I expected. Um, what else has been going on, though? Dating gay shit. Uh, 
dude, I am not, I am not super into um, just the scene here or online dating. It's not, uh, it's not really made for people like me because I have a weird fucking personality, and I feel like if you see, like if you, if you encounter me in the wild you can tell pretty immediately that i have a weird fucking personality but all these swiping people are just like oh that's a girl she seems normal and then i just really want to message them about how often i watch antiques roadshow <laughs> which is all the time i fucking love antiques roadshow i want to talk to them about how um i'm really sad that i can't see my own skeleton <laughs> There isn't really a punchline there. It's just what I've been thinking about for like years. I can't see my own skeleton, really fucked up, absolutely want to, and I can't, and I'm bummed. I also, um, I've been thinking about boundaries. Uh, who, who all is into boundaries? My therapist is not. Uh, my former therapist dumped her. Got to update that joke, too. Yep, we're all happy I dumped my therapist. She's not really into boundaries. There have been a lot of times where, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, I was feeding her dog peanut butter um, while she was telling me about her relationship with her mother, who I have met. I have met her mother. Um, and I've also been thinking a lot about how I'm, like, trying to, like, give back to the community, I guess. Now that I'm not in therapy, I'm just trying to be a better person overall because I'm not dealing with that crazy woman. I think my new way of giving back to the community is going to be having sex with pedophiles. <laughs> you know. Just take them out of the rotation, you know, because, like, I look like a 12-year-old of indeterminate gender. I feel like I'd have a wide array just a whole bunch. Uh, and then it would be a really good thing that people were disappointed to have sex with me when they find out that I'm a 24-year-old woman. Um, so I am Mary Goss. I will be having sex with pedophiles shortly. This has been my time. Give it up for Pam. Keep your hands clapping for Mary Goss, yes. Also, you can send those dick pics of pedophiles straight to her email at marygoss at gmail.com. I'm just assuming that that's what your email is. But uh, definitely send her those dick pics so that she can go through and check that shit out. Yay, Mary! All right, your next two comedians are actually all the way from San Jose, and I'm excited that they drove all the way up here for this amazing show. Your first comedian, I've been doing comedy with her since I started, uh, and I love your jokes every time you're in town. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. You guys are going to laugh hysterically. It's Iris Benson! Hello, everyone. I uh, I just got a new job because I just quit a job, which is actually great because usually I get fired. <laughs> uh, the job I just quit, I was sampling uh, some food at the grocery store trying to sell these dinners, and I ran into this woman that I went to high school with. Now, she didn't know that we went to high school together because I have, like, crazy face recognition. Like, I can just, like, remember people I met when I was, like, four. So I was like, hey, did you go to Monta Vista? She was like, yeah. And then I, like, dazzled her a little bit with, like, stalker-like details about what I remembered about her. 
And then at some point she realized that I'm 40 and I'm handing out samples at the grocery store. She was really sweet about it. She was like, so is this your business? And I was like, no, like, I don't even care. Like, I've gotten to the point where I don't. I was watching a Prince interview yesterday, and he was like, I don't uh, see myself through other people's eyes. I just don't do it. And I'm, like, sort of there, you know, but, like, not in, like, a Prince successful person level. I'm, like, the opposite of that, where I'm like, I don't really care if people fucking think I'm a loser anymore because I'm, you know, pretty much doing what I want just at a, like, a lower level, you know? I was just like, I'm a comedian, and I like to have jobs that I throw away. (laughs) It's, like, exactly what I said. And she was like, oh, have you done the San Jose Improv? And I was like, only on a Wednesday, which is nothing to write home about. And then she was like, have you ever done rooster teeth feathers? And I was like, only on a Wednesday, which is nothing to write. You know, I have these dinners in the cooler here if you want to take one home. Uh, (laughs) I realized that I probably could have closed if I just told her it was my business. Um, I'm like, I'm like, pretty much an atheist, but uh, when I was in high school, I was very into new age shit. Like, I fucking read the shit out of Linda Goodman's Love Signs. Like, I had Jackie Stallone's astrology book. I fucking made spells for people. I made a spell (laughs) to help this chick get on the cheerleading squad. She didn't make it, uh, and then, like, never talked to me again. Even though, like, she solicited it. It wasn't like I was like, hey, I can get you on the cheerleading squad. She was like, hey, is there anything I can do? And I was like, uh, I'll look it up for you. Nah, it involved pussy willows somehow. That's all I, I remember. But, uh, like... I have some, like, really new-agey friends, and, like, I start to, like, it's fun shit. It's fun shit to fuck with, you know, as long as you don't take it too seriously, you know? So, like, when my friends get all excited about the new-age stuff they're into, like, I feel like, you know, somebody that's been sober for, like, 20 years, when they hear people talk about, like, their drug of choice, they're just like, yeah, yeah, you know? Like, that's what I feel like when I hear people talk about astrology. I'm just like, don't engage. (laughs) Don't engage. And uh, they'll be like, I'm a Taurus. Where are you? And I'll be like, I'm a Leo. But, like, I get along weirdly well with Scorpios and Tauruses. (laughs) And then uh, they'll keep talking. I'll be like, don't, don't, don't talk, don't talk. And uh, they'll be like, you don't really seem like a Leo. And I'll be like, my moon is in Virgo. (laughs) And then some other dumbass will come up and they'll be like, I'm a water sign. Oh, what are you, an Aquarius? Don't, 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 don't say Aquarius is an air sign. (laughs) Um, I love me some tarot cards. I don't even care. 
I will fuck with some tarot cards, but not the upside down ones. Cause I don't like, I don't like encouraging negative thinking patterns. You know, I have this friend that she sees a psychic like really regularly. She sees a psychic and she, uh, she liked this dude and the psychic was like, he's not the one. I'm like, don't, f- so what? You can still fuck him. <laughs> like he's, there's billions of people on the earth. He's probably not the one. Like, you're not even being psychic. You're just playing the fucking odds, you know, when you tell somebody that. So I got really upset. Luckily, hornier heads prevailed, and she did fuck the guy. Um, uh, I also think that's, like, that's so, like, whatever happened to psychics that are, like, okay, you're going to kill your dad and fuck your mom. <laughs> you know, or like, there's going to be a forest with, with fire in its eyes coming at you. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's an army. It's an army coming after. I just don't feel like psychics really have the same weight that they did um, like hundreds of years ago, you know? Like, uh, like it you should be kind of in danger of being burned at the stake. If you're going to be a psychic, go all the way. Um, but I do, I do like the idea of, like, I don't think people should, like, I feel like the friends I know that see psychics, they're doing a whole lot better than my friends that are just seeing therapists, you know? I've, and I, f- I feel like a, a psychic is to a therapist what a drug dealer is to a pharmacist, you know? <laughs> like, it's just a funner relationship, and you can, like, kind of be friends with your psychic. They get to know you. After a while, they're not really operating on 100% psychic ability, though. Not like they were before, but then, like, once they're friends with you, they just kind of know your patterns, you know? They're just like... Um, all right, that's, uh, that's the end of my, uh, my new psychic bit. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on Tinder, uh, and I haven't, I haven't gone on, like, a lot of Tinder dates, because I'm from the generation where you just fuck people till you realize they're crazy, you know, like, (laughs) I didn't grow up with a profile filled with red flags to avoid, you know. Um, but I did discover sexting on Tinder because I didn't really do that before and I was kind of shy about it because guys get really forward really fast. Like one guy was like, have you ever thought about doing five dudes at one time? And I was like, whoa, calm down, you know? <laughs> like I haven't met you yet. Definitely not ready to meet your friends. Then I realize if you're just sexting, you can take as much dick as you want. <laughs> you know? Cause you're not going to get murdered or get a disease. Like, dude, train on me in a gas station. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> you know, if I don't like it, I'll just delete the thread. <laughs> Some things you have to navigate around, though. Like, if you're just sexting, like, there's still certain fluids I want to avoid. But, like, I try and be polite. I try and be like, I'm putting on a hazmat suit. (laughs) I'm hopping in the shower and grabbing a bottle of bleach. (laughs) There just comes a time when you have to shut it down, though. Just be like, 
My anus is a penis guillotine. <laughs> oh my God, so much blood. <laughs> so much blood. It was in Portland with a friend of mine. We walked by a strip club and there was a stripper outside in the rain. She was crying on her phone. She didn't have any pants on. Like she just had a thong and stilettos and like a Where's Waldo sweater. (laughs) Like and my friend goes, when I see a sight like that, I feel really bad. Because all I can think is, I bet I could hit that. (laughs) Which I feel like is my appeal as a woman. Like when guys see me, they're like, I bet I could hit that. She seems damaged enough to fuck me. Because I attract a lot of creeps, and they're not just attracted to, like, this walking down the street. They're attracted to my stuff. Like, I went to my car, and there was a guy taking a nap in the car next to mine, you know, as you do. And, uh, And he had, like, an erection sticking out of his boxers, like he was playing sex offender possum. But he didn't see me and my victim-y aura walking down the street. He just saw, like, my car and was like, that is the chip paint of complacent boundaries right there. <laughs> that's the backseat clutter of some serious daddy issues. <laughs> I'm going to park my windowless van next to that car because that's <laughs> clearly an I-could-hit-that Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Can I do one more? Of course. Okay. Um, I have a messy car, and a guy decided he didn't want to date me based on the state of my car because he thought it meant my pussy smelled. Which, because uh, he has a saying, dirty car, dirty pussy. <laughs> Is that an aphorism anyone's heard before? No, me either. I feel like we would have seen a Mythbusters episode about that. <laughs> then I found out he's only been with like three women I was like I took stats in college that ain't no kind of sample size you You need like 30 smelly pussy car driving women to test that theory you know you need to do it over a period of time because we smell different from week to week you know we smell different different times of day. A freshly showered 9 a.m. pussy smells different from a lunchtime jog pussy. <laughs> which in turn smells different from a 5 o'clock drive time pussy. You, know? you need some placebo pussy. You need to throw an onion in there. Maybe some deviled eggs, you know. Some black jelly beans. I know vaginas are dark, mysterious places. I get that, but they're a whole lot easier to clean than a car. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Iris Benson, everyone. What a great sit. What if you don't drive a car and you do have an inordinately stinky pussy? Where does that even? Where does that even factor into the whole thing? I have bus pussy. It's a whole different sample set, whole different group of people. I'm glumped in with the people with the cans. I, we must have had a conversation before about you going to Monta Vista because I went to San Ramon and we're in the same age group. I'm 41. My brother actually graduated two years before you. Do you remember a cunt named Dan Benjamin? 
Okay. You'll have to look him up. Yeah, he was two years older than you. We went to Monta Vista. He was one of those popular guys with like Gar Rhinest, all the Christians. Remember the when the Christians were popular? I don't. We were all we were we were all water walkers at that point. The the funniest thing about all those people from Monta Vista that my brother is still friends with. We, I'm not friends. We, he and I don't talk, but I see them on Facebook a lot. They're all rich. Every single one of the Christians who went to Monta Vista. From it. They're all rich people. I have no idea how that happened. Danville is an insidious place. Uh, yeah, not funny, just a true, terrible, horrible place. <laughs> Your next comedian is from a love... Well, you know, I used to say terrible things about San Jose. Technically, you're not from San Jose. Uh, boring. I wrote a... I wrote a no, it's a terrible... Here's the thing. San Jose is square. Literally. It's literally on the map. It is square. Culture is attractive to squiggles. Uh, it's, it's, it's a boundary issue place. It's just everything is square. Your next comedian is not square. She's super funny. Uh, I enjoyed her set so much at the uh, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival where she hosted I Hate My Family Too with the most amazing graph. I actually have your back scratcher pointer in my backpack right now for you because I saved it. Uh, itching my pussy because it's so dirty that it's just constantly. I learned, I learned actually that when things itch, it usually just means they're dirty. <laughs> I like, so when your butthole itches, it's because you don't wipe. It's more baby wipes back there. And when your pussy's itchy, you just no, don't do the baby wipes in on the pussy though. Uh, it dries it out too much. I've I've learned about babies a lot of. Yeah, don't don't use the alcohol near the pussy. Unless it's, anyways, we're getting off track. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> you have to use alcohol ahead of time to get into the pussy, and then, anyways. Your next comedian, she is a very, very funny lady. I'm excited that she's here. You guys are gonna laugh hysterically at all of her jokes. Clap wildly for Shelly Strabel. <laughs> Thank you so much, mutinyradio.fm. Here we are, Friday night, you guys. Now, ordinarily, I get frustrated at these lineups that are like, oh, we have all women, it's all women, all women lineup. And it's basically because I don't like to stand next to women that are good at being girls, okay? Like, that's, that's my problem. I'm not good at being a girl, and so, like, when you book these things, I just don't know, buddy. I just don't know. I don't know. It's good. I mean, it's like you see Luna up here. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, you look at me. Like, I can barely dress myself. Like, I'm wearing, I wear comedy t-shirts every day of the week, and I match them to my fucking tennis shoes. Okay? Like, I drink way too much wine. My teeth are fucked up. I look like a Dickens character. You know, like I sleep under a bed of cats and I eat cigarettes. <laughs> Why do you want to put me on this lineup with beautiful women, Pam? <laughs> Welcome to mutinyradio.fm, the safest place for your alt comedy underground dick jokes. <laughs> Even when women are doing them. No, I know. It's a, no, I mean, I can pass. Like, that's the thing. I can pass in a group of guys that are doing comedy. You know what I mean? But then you put me in a, in a lineup of women, and it's like, no. <laughs> what the fuck is this? The fuck is this? Like, I'm not going to talk about my ovaries. You wait for... Even Rachel's going to talk about her ovaries. Like, I can't even talk about my ovaries. Like, I don't know them that well. <laughs> like, we've never met. 
I'm just saying. I know I don't want to meet them. They're fucking angry, Rachel. They're angry. I feel it. And so I don't want to meet them. I'm like, I'm cool off that shit. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's not. No, I really, I thought, like, I looked at the lineup, and I was like, this is a beauty pageant. You know, like, this is a beauty pageant for your alt-comedy underground dick jokes. That's what I thought. I didn't know how I fit in. That's okay. No, I do. I worry about, like, being a woman in comedy a lot of times. Like, I heard, I listened to this podcast recently, and it was Kasim Bentley, who I don't know if you guys know. He's probably, yeah, all right. So he's sort of the insult comic of San Francisco, like he's he's beloved, right? And he was talking about female comedians and what they look like. And he was like, oh! He said, they look like bags of garbage. They look like bags of bulk food. They look like male comedians that have put wigs on. Or they look like they're attending a Salesforce convention, like a Salesforce job convention. Yeah, I know, and then, that's fine, you can laugh, but I was like, cool, I'm in the category where I'm the male comedian wearing the wig. Like, that's where... <laughs> like, that's where I fit. That's where I fit, because this micro, this new microphone, Pam, reminds me of a dick joke, actually. It's, it's really nice, though. No, it's really nice, no. It is. It is. No, I'm bad at being a girl. That's what I don't like. I'm bad at being a girl. I hate girl things. I hate dressing like a girl. I hate period stuff. Okay? Yeah, it's like, I listen to, when, when female comedians get up on stage and they start talking about their periods, like, I turn off. I turn off. You know what I'm gonna do tonight? <laughs> a bunch of period stuff. <laughs> full moon, baby, full moon! That's right. Full moon, that's all right. No, so, um... Mm, period stuff, no. Uh, so how do you dress, how do you look, how do you deal with all this? So I used to work in a, in a very corporate setting, right? And so I used to have to hide it. Like everything feminine, I used to have to hide. Uh, I dressed like a man, I spoke like a man, and then when I had my period, like it was a thing that I had to hide. You know what I mean? You couldn't say, because, because all the men in the office would be like, oh, the COO, yeah, she's just being a chief ovulating officer. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Okay? And I'd be like, no, dude, I'm just acting like a bitch because I'm a bitch. Okay? Not because I'm on my period. I'm just being a bitch because I'm a cunt. That's all right. It's perfectly fine. It was perfectly fine. No, I do. I do. Uh, I, hate, I hate girl stuff. I hate period stuff so much that I don't even go to the store. Like, I don't buy my own feminine hygiene products anymore. You guys, I don't, I don't. I send my dude to the store. And like, here's what happened. Like, I went to the store, and I go down the feminine hygiene aisle. Now, I am a person who is not good with lots of options, okay? So I just need like one or two things put in front of me, and I can be like, okay, yes or no, one or two. That's perfectly fine. But then you go down the aisle of feminine hygiene products, okay? And we've got like 12 different fucking brands to choose from. Okay? And it's like, always Kotex, stay free. I don't know. I don't know. Tampax, I don't know. Poise, really? Poise? <laughs> really, bitch? Like, that's the last thing I have after three to five days of fucking bleeding out my shiz. Fucking, I'm just saying, that's a poise is the last thing I have. So I don't buy my own feminine hygiene products anymore. Because I decided, you know, we just, the brands, they confuse me and we just need the one that works. Just the one, right? We just need the one that works, right? It's like our men. <laughs> we, 
we just need the one that works. <laughs> Won't you please? Be the one that works! No, I'm not, all right, all right. Found, no, okay, so what else? Because it was all ladies, so I did these like last minute period jokes. Yeah, I know, I know. It's not last minute because it's been three days now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you guys remember, do you remember when uh, the Republican convention started and Donald Trump got in trouble because he accused, there was a female moderator, right, for Fox, and he accused her of being angry with him because she was on her period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was this huge backlash on social media from women who were like, hashtag, my job comes before my period. Yeah. Right? And they were like, they were like these strong ass bitches. Like, do you know what I mean? There was, there was like a picture of a surgeon. She was up there. You know what I mean? And she was like, had her hands up and she's like, if you think my patient's bleeding out. <laughs> You should see what's happening underneath these scrubs. <laughs> you know, and then there was a picture of a, of, a, of a female soldier, right? And she was somewhere in, I don't know where the, she could have been in Syria. Like, I don't know where she was, but she had her fucking rifle up. Fucking, there was a field of dead terrorists behind her. You know what I mean? And she had a rifle up and she was like, if this looks like a bloodbath, then you don't know what it looks like under my fatigues. <laughs> Hashtag my job before my period. <laughs> and all I want to tell these women, all of these women that are so strong, that don't let this shit interrupt their lives, all I want to tell them is, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm about to go fucking Julianne Moore in, in Magnolia. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you must be crazy. Like, all I want for those three to five, I want the red tent back. You guys, like, I want the red tent, I want three cats, a book, and a couple packs of cigarettes, and just fucking leave me alone. <laughs> Hashtag my life before my job. No, I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's silly. But that really is how I feel about it. It's like all these women are like, yeah, and I'm like, no, shh, don't tell them that it doesn't affect you. <laughs> okay, we could get days off. Like, so just... <laughs> Okay? I know, it's not right, it's not right. No, it's not right. No, I do, I really hate that shit. All right, where do we wanna go from periods? That shit's so gross. That shit is so gross, I can't deal with it. All right, so, difficult women? Do you guys have, do you guys have difficult women in your lives? Okay, for those of you that aren't making noise. <laughs> <laughs> You probably are the difficult woman. <laughs> Rachel's like, I'm that lady. I'm that lady. No, in my life, I only have, I really only have one difficult woman, uh, and it's my mom. Yeah, she's a special case, you guys. She's really special. Um, she's retired, uh, but she does have hobbies, you know. Uh, her hobbies include being right, yeah. <laughs> and making you wrong. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's pretty much. No, that and Tea Party politics. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, you can look sideways, but that shit's real. Like, it exists here in California. Yeah, it's real. So I'll go to her house, you know, and we'll get involved in this conversation about politics. And she'll be like, oh, Shelly, what, what, what do you think? I mean, if it, what, what's going to happen if we elect Hillary? What, what's going to happen? I was like, Mom, the worst thing that's going to happen is that we're going to 
have to hire an intern to keep her dick wet. Like, <laughs> fuck it, that's equal opportunity. That's what Hillary would want, right? I don't know. No, but she's like, uh, you know, she knows I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. Supporter. So she'll be like, yeah. So she'll say, well, how many, how many people do you think it's gonna take, Shelley? Like, how many minorities does it take to make a majority? Yeah, I'm like, mom, that's not. That's like asking how many light bulbs it takes to screw in a lesbian. Like, it's not. <laughs> that's not a fucking real question. That's not a real question. So then I showed up to her house the other day wearing a, a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And she was like, "Well, Shelly, what is this? What is this about?" And I was like, "Well, Mom, it's <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's a uh, one concept, two little words." And she said, <laughs> "Civil rights." And I'm like, "Mom, no, <laughs> no, interracial porn." <laughs> My name is Shelly Strabel, You guys, thank you so much for your time. Shelly Strable talking about her period. Yeah. All these ladies. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for more period talk. I can't wait. I can't wait to get to our next com- comedian because she she definitely talks to her ovaries all the time. Uh, I think she carries them in an old jar and uh, they're, they're actually the oracle. You got to keep yours? They pulled tumors off my ovaries, and I was like, can I keep them? And they were like, no. <laughs> no, those are biohazard. And I was like, I really want to keep my weird little tumors. I wanted to name mine, too. I wanted to keep them. I felt like they would be oracles. I felt like new agey stuff. I, they would talk to me, and they would tell me about what it's like to be a Libra. Like, just balance me out. I've talked to them. I'll talk to, I talk to my cat. I'll talk to my ovaries. I don't give a fuck. I live in a, I live in a, a weird magical realism world. <laughs> where everything is real, and uh, that's amazing. Right now, your next comedian is real, and she is going to make you laugh. Put your hands together, everybody. I'm excited to see your jokes. It's Rachel Raphael. Shelly, way to ovary shame. Like, come on. That's all right. Also, everyone ruins the Spence. They're like, oh. She's going to talk about her ovaries. I don't know if, like, maybe just, like, when I walk in, they're like, that's the one. <laughs> like, she just has this look. Like, like we don't want to hear about it, but she's going to make us listen anyway. I don't know. Um, and I wanted to talk about Jewish stuff. Yay! No! Yay! Jewish stuff! Oh, you think I can't talk about both? <laughs> one of my tumors was in the shape of a Jewish star. <laughs> Done! <laughs> that's the entire... <laughs> Um, little drunk. Apologize, or you're welcome. Um, no, no, so, yeah. I mean, if they hadn't spoiled it, no. Uh, the thing is, Shelly does have one of my tumors in her water bottle. It's, it filters. So good. I meant, yeah. So, no, I usually am like, guys, I bet you think I have the normal amount of ovaries, but I don't. That's why, so all the ladies in here, you're ovary shaming me. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I will, like... I, I've been in, I'm now in the situation, so, so a year and a half ago, and if you're like, like, yeah, a year and a half ago, I'm still cashing in on it, but a year and a half ago, my body said, we're bored, let's get ovarian tumors, tumors, one on, one on each ovary, um, I, okay, let's get an image, uh, one was the size of a watermelon, and one was the size of a grapefruit, 
One had walls, so I am renting it out as a San Francisco apartment, <laughs> making a little bit of money on that. Um, the, the other we're making into little Star Trek communicators that you just wear on your shirt. Um, we're saving some somewhere. I think that's going to be like the perpetual motion machine. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. Um, but yeah, so I have... <laughs> So yeah, so now I just have half of one ovary, and what happens there is, you're, you, you know, you're like, so will I get my period again? They're like, hmm, maybe. So, and I do, fellas. Still ovulating, fellas. Um, no, so now it's like, now I have to be happy when I have my period, because like I could not. <laughs> and I, I actually didn't have it for six months, and I did feel like a bitch. So like, the thing is like, estrogen in like your uterus, it's a little bit, it's like, it is kind of like the wish master of the female body because it's like, it sucks if you don't have enough estrogen, which I've experienced, and it sucks if you have more. Because they put me on like progesterone to like see if that would like give me a period before they found out what was wrong with me. And I was like, I am such a bitch right now. I'm such a bitch. <laughs> like, I don't even smoke pot. And then my friend who smokes, I'm like, can you just get me high so I like don't have to yell at everyone? <laughs> I was like, can you just get me high? And she was like, yes. And then she did. And then I was like, we need to go get, like, spaghetti. She's like, sure. And then I'm going to, like, lay on your porch and be confused. And she's like, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, so yeah. Um, the thing is, they were so, the tumors were so big. Um, and now people, now, like, I realized that one of my comedian friends thought I was faking the size of the tumors. She's like, no, really, what was the size? And I was like, exactly what I told you but now now I think I'm just gonna make them bigger like in real life if someone's like what's the size I'm gonna be like one was the size of a beach ball and one was the size of an umbrella like I don't know I'm just gonna like make it worse but I looked pregnant and I really I wish I had like known that at the time or had time besides like being scared if it was like cancer or something to pull pranks because there's really a lot of pranks you can pull if you look pregnant but you aren't Number one, just like sit in a hot tub, drink a 40, and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> and then anyone, and this is actually a potluck situation, because you can all bring things that like shouldn't be near pregnant women. <laughs> Mercury, quaaludes, raw fish. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I just want like, like six dudes to like, like hold me like I'm laying down, and then I just go, hmm. Like, that would be great. <laughs> um, I feel like there is a karaoke set if you're like, if you look pregnant but you're not and it's just, you just go on stage like drinking whiskey like, like, and then just do like Papa Don't Preach like three times. <laughs> um, but really well. Uh, there's a, you bring a, you bring a male friend and you stage like an awkward fight in a safe way. <laughs> but, you know, like, look, this is San Francisco. Like, I'm, you know, I believe in equal rights. Uh, I'm gonna bring a woman to a Whole Foods and stage a fight there too. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, cause you know, for realism. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, like, I would go to like a Ross or like a TJ Maxx or a Target, like dress real nice, like wearing a sundress, like licking an ice cream cone, just like the thing, and just buy all the wire hangers. <laughs> okay, and you know what? The problem with that joke is not me. The problem with that joke is America. Okay? That's the problem with that joke. Not my fault. 
aura. Yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So my friends are like, what are you going to do with the tumors? He's like, I really don't care as long as they're outside of my body. Like, I'm good, you know? Like, I'm going to get a bunch of Percocet afterwards. I'm on medical leave. I really don't, I mean, you know, my stomach has also just been opened up. That's not that fun. But... Uh, I don't really give a shit. And they're like, and I'm like, also, I think the pathologist wants them. And they're like, no. So one of my friends wanted to bronze it and make it a paperweight. His girlfriend said, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, I always imagined, like, he would, like, put it in a jar and then, because I'm Jewish, like, put, like, a menorah on it for, like, holidays and, like, take, like, family photos with it. That's what I was hoping. Um, or the Star Trek communicator idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it was going to be amazing. But, you know... Now I just use it for stand-up comedy. <laughs> um, and recently it's like, you know, because I was thinking about like the five stages of, of grief, you know, or like, and, and that can be about anything big in your life, like having benign ovarian tumors. It's like anger, depression, denial, bargaining, acceptance. Um, then there's like, but I have like some extra ones and that's like making everyone else uncomfortable about something that happened to me, but I'm fine now. <laughs> and commercialism because there's not enough merch guys my benign ovarian tumor situation there's not enough merch okay i want like a cannon that like shoots like fake tumors like at people like a t-shirt gun in the super bowl um think there should be like a children's book like the little ovary that could um there's a lot of things to go around (laughs) um so yeah so you know so you know i mean ovaries tumors not having them Whatever. Uh, I'm fine. I mean, the, the main, there's like three main lasting side effects of what happened to me. Uh, I get hot flashes, my stomach looks weird, and I do stand-up comedy. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really it. Um, so, yeah, besides, besides, you know, like, you know, just banking on the tumors, just like, I don't have to make jokes, I had tumors in the ovaries. Besides that, I am also 118% Jewish, the extra 18%, 18 is a magical Jewish number. Google it. I'm not fucking with you. Um, and the thing is, like, my dad's a rabbi, so I've always had to explain Jewish holidays to people. And I think now I'm just done. I think now I'm just going to, I'm just like, I'm not even going to, like, try and teach people the names. Like, I'm just going to, like, here's the signifier, here's what it is, Wikipedia it, or, like, leave me alone. So, happy Passover, everyone. Yay! That, yes. yes. I'm sorry, happy Giant Cracker and Safeway uh-huh. month. <laughs> because, yeah, th- if you're curious about, like, like, if you're like, how do I know when Passover is, when Safeway starts putting out matzah everywhere, that's like winter is coming. It's like Passover is coming. And also, if you're wondering, like, why can't, like, a Jewish person tell you, like, oh, Passover, that's, like, you know, April 27th or something. Well, number one, we're fucking with you. And number two, the holidays, actually, they're never on the same day because we have a different, we have like a lunar calendar instead of a solar calendar. And that's why it's also the year like 5777 now, probably. Um, so yeah, uh, we're, we're time travelers is what I'm saying. Uh, no. So, so it's just like seasons. I'm like, I know when th- this happens near this, I'm like, the high holidays happen right when school started to be more inconvenient for me. Uh, so it's just like about seasons. And mostly we're fucking with you. Uh, so, so yeah. So Passover is happening. Um, uh, yeah. So then the other thing is, uh, 
something kind of weird happened to me, but now I have an amazing app idea because of it. Um, I was eating lunch the other day, and a phone number I didn't recognize was calling me, and I'm like, I'm, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to like send it to voicemail. I was about to go back to work. And um, it left a message, and so when I went to look at the message, uh, the, my iPhone identified the call as being from Singapore. And I'm like, I don't know anyone in Singapore. And then I played it, and it was a robot voice just saying, goodbye. And I was like, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Robots in Singapore are calling me to reject me now? <laughs> like, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm, I'm like, I should be upset, but I'm also just kind of impressed. And, you know, like, ghosting is the thing where, like, you date someone, and then you're like, you just don't do anything. I'm going to do a new thing, and it's called botting. And when you, like, don't want to, like, date anyone, you just, like, get a robot in, like, Asia or Japan I know those aren't the same thing, to just call and just like say like, no thanks. Uh, thank you very much, I'm Rachel Raphael. Keep it going for Rachel, happy Passover everybody. Yay, it's time to eat macaroons. That's what I love about Passover is all the chocolate covered macaroons. It's like the it's the most delicious treat. It's just and it's just egg whites and uh, and and coconut. Delicious, wonderful. Oh, thanks. Fuck yeah. Uh, your next comedian, she she's a treat. She's a special treat. We have her up for you right now on the All Lady Showcase here at MutinyRadio.fm. You guys, she's a fantastic comedian. She's gonna make you laugh. Put your hands together. Yeah. It's Journey Roberts. I have a, a fucking attitude, which I'm trying to get comfortable with. I have a, 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 not a boyfriend, he's a person who lives with me. And he occasionally, he's also a comic, and he occasionally goes out and gets drunk, uh, which I don't mind. But he finds out what other people think about me, which is not so great. Uh, some people really like me, which you may not believe, but they do. Uh, and everyone else, I, don't, I just kind of scare the shit out of them. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be boastful. Like, that's just how that... Like, when you're a person with opinions, you're a problem. You're a fucking problem. And when you're a person with opinions and tits, you're just bad. Like, no one... (laughs) You're just bad fucking... Like, no one wants to see that coming. Uh, So that's, like, I'm just... I'm trying to get comfortable with how fucking uncomfortable I make people... We're all doing that tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's just because <laughs> that's the whole, like. There's listen. I'm uh, I'm 28, about to turn 29. I live on a school bus. I didn't graduate college. I put together IKEA furniture and scrub toilets for a living. So this here is gonna work out for me. Yes. Like <laughs> that's how this is working. Uh, I got laughs on a shitty joke about Tetris one night at a laundromat, and that was that was it. That was the end uh and some people like i was talking to a guy outside of this this laundromat the other night he's all he, well, he's one of these people who like thinks they're there's people who are here to do comedy 
there are sociopaths who like to smoke pot on a corner and irritate people <laughs> for three minutes at a time. No, not you. Shush. Not you. Uh, no, people at laundromats, there's a couple of them. If you ha start hanging out of the brainwash, you'll see they're just dead on the inside. Like, they have nothing but this laundromat. Like, that's where they... Anyway, he was <laughs> point was, he was complaining about people with egos. He was like, we're all just these people with egos. And I was like, yeah, but some of us are right. <laughs> like, like, time will fucking tell. But so I'm, I feel like uh, our last president, the polls aren't important, history. <laughs> That's me. Anyway, I'm trying to figure out. See, I do this thing where I, what I do is I tell jokes about shit that matters to me. <laughs> which is really like uncomfortable and passe. Like I realize, no, I know we're in the age of the pink mustache and it's becoming kind of Victorian, right? Like we don't have feelings anymore because we've, we've evolved to have enough money where we don't have to do that. <laughs> like nothing has to matter. Like a two, 300 years ago, being alive was impressive. Like it meant you know how to do something. And that's not the case anymore. <laughs> like, we're, we're at the point now where we can feed everybody, which we don't, but we could. I don't know if we've, like, stopped to acknowledge, like, like we could feed everybody. And I understand, like, that that's not as much fun to make sure everyone has dignity. Like, that's not, <laughs> it's not as much fun because you get to pretend like you're better, which is so much more fun. Like, if there's hungry people, I'm ripping off, there's a whole George Carlin bit about status, which I will just refer you to YouTube for, because uh, I'm not going to steal from the most famous comic who ever lived. But, because <laughs> uh, then I'll be sticking with the Ikea furniture. But uh, my point is, like, if you have to make sure people know you're better than them, how much better can you be? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're... <laughs> Like, you're, st you're still linked to that. Do you understand? Like, you're still in the same chain. You would have to be disassociated from that person and not give a fuck whether or not they know you're better for you to be better. So <laughs> if you're still, like, playing that game, you're not. You just, it's fine. Uh, enjoy yourself, San Francisco, with the money. It's adorable. It's, it's great. Like, I don't know. I like that there are useless people around. It makes me happy. <laughs> I like, no, do you know, do you realize how far we've had to evolve as a species to get to the guy with the rollerblades and the fanny pack? <laughs> like, that, that's impressive. Like, the, the generations... The generations, like it goes like Archimedes and then Newton and then a whole bunch of more guys before you get to rollerblade fanny pack guy. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's so impressive. We have more resources than ever and all of us feel more helpless than ever. Uh, but we don't have, like we don't have to, I don't mean to get like aspirational and like all, you know, culty on you, but like we could, we could do so much better, <laughs> which is why, which is why I get up here and, and torture people with the horror of the world. Cause I know it feels in San Francisco like shit is okay and it's, babies, it's not okay. <laughs> like it's, it's not okay. It, nothing's okay. Nothing's okay. I mean, it's all fine. Cause you know, the light and the bulb, blah, but. <laughs> Whatever, you are the light and the bulb. Sure, fucking smoke weed all day, roller, like nothing matters. I know, it all matters, nothing matters, it all matters. Like if everyone's special, then no one's special. That's, <laughs> like there's no, there's nothing matters. Everything matters. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Are 
I do. That's the lie. See, that's the little place that people with opinions and tits go to. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. That's the, oh, I don't know me. Like, <laughs> it's the QC shit. It's, it's not just that it's not accurate. It's, a, like, it's, a fu- it's devious. Like, cute girls, cute girls are fucking lying to you. When they do their little, oh, who me? Like, they're just saying, don't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's really all QC girls are saying. But let me tell you, boys, they know more than you do. Like they, they do, they've learned more things. The same way that uh, brown people know more than me, girls know more than boys. That's just how this stupid planet operates. Uh, 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 one of our Supreme Court justices got into big trouble for saying so, but she was right when Justice Sotomayor said, I would hope that a wise Latina woman and the whole Republican House went, oh no, <laughs> like you're not allowed to say shit like that. But she was, she was on it, like she was on it. Uh, so no, so no cutesy. No, I don't know what I'm. Ta- I do know what I'm talking about. If everything matters, nothing matters, and the other way, like all the shit in your life that seems like the most trivial is actually the most important. Trash. All the shit that they, they told. I'm serious. I'm, I don't really adhere because I can't afford to. <laughs> I can't, if I had money, I would care about things, but I can't. Like I can't. I just can't. I can't. I live on a school bus. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Like if I had money, I'd be first of all, I'd be drowning Jack White in record money. Yes. I would be. <laughs> I would be. I would be staring at that boy so much more than I already do. Can I tell you? Can I tell you guys something? Can I tell you? Every once in a while, I'll have this really like sweet smile on my face. I just, you know, when you have a really good moment. And my not a boyfriend person will say, "What are you thinking about?" So, so full of hope, like so, <laughs> so full of that like, what are you thinking? Like, is it a moment we never, always Jack White? <laughs> oh, always, every time Jack White, never you, always Jack White. That cute little smile on your girl's face, not for you. I'm so sorry. So I don't know who the fuck it is. I don't know what fucking philosopher she's been reading lately, or fucking. Johnny Depp, whatever bullshit celebrity she's thinking about, but never you. <laughs> like, not, not you. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you're new Gregory Peck. That's possible. Like, I guess that. Maybe. Maybe you're that guy. Maybe. I don't think so. I think, uh, I don't know. I think modern people kind of suck. Because <laughs> we don't know anything. Like, you have to go through hardship. Do you ever have, do you ever think about all the shitty shit that has to happen to you before you're a person? Like, you have to go through real pain to become a person. No one's born a person. You have to go through hard times. If you look at any great historical figure, some real shitty happened to them when they were kids. Real, like, they had polio or mom died when they were 12. Like, something went fucking wrong, and they went, oh, this is what it is to be alive. I should probably treat other people like people. And they went and did that. So it's good when people suffer when they're kids. (laughs) It's good, it's a good thing, it's a good, I know that's, I know, I know, it's fucked up. Like, I am not, I'm definitely not telling you to hit your kids. I'm I'm just telling you, like, it's probably better if they get hit. Like, just don't hit the, just leave them places. Hope for the best. Like, maybe, maybe someone will turn your kids into people for you. <laughs> if you're lucky, if you're really lucky, I'm gonna leave on that. That was the biggest laugh I'm gonna get. Thank you so much. Journey Roberts being a champion, one of the smartest ladies I know. 
Thank you guys so much for coming tonight and uh, supporting live comedy here at Pamtasis Comedy Clubhouse. Thank you. Yay. Bye, Mary's friends. Bye. Yay. All right. Uh, I'm the last comedian. I'm, I'm just going to do some jokes. You guys have not, you know, you've never heard my jokes before. Perfect. Yes. Uh, I am Pam Benjamin. I'm going to talk about my period a little bit too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I woke up. I woke up the other day with just horrific period cramps. You know when that happens? And you're just like, what is happening inside my body? What crawled inside my body and made this horrible pain? Am I going to die? What's happening? It's not a baby. The baby didn't crawl up in there because I'm, I'm really happy about that. But I was like, what? Why does it hurt so much? And then I realized uh, that the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. <laughs> and it hurts so badly. It's so big. The problem is they have those big benches and they're all in there <laughs> making me feel bloated with the big, long benches. Uh <laughs> About uh, six, seven weeks ago, I had this enormous, enormous period. It was heavier than it had ever been. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I just aborted the ghost of Scalia. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, he's dead, and I feel great. <laughs> oh, my God, I might be able to have an abortion in my 40s. Wouldn't that be nice? It's okay. I have an IUD. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, I find it weird in America that we don't push the IUD more, and we're scaring people. There's an IUD. No, an IED, which is an explosive device that kills people. And then there's an IUD, which is like a pool sweeper for your uterus that clears out all the dead babies. You see, it's really great. I have one of those copper things in my uterus, lovely piece of jewelry, keeps all the dead babies out. That's what pool sweepers do, right? Am I misinformed? I don't know how pool sweepers work. I don't know how IUDs work. They put, they put copper inside me, and now I don't have to have a baby. I don't know why everyone doesn't have one of these. Like, I'm like, why are we having so many kids? I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because I am a nanny, so I actually make money off other people's children. So somebody needs to be breeding in order for me to actually eat, which is, that's not true. I'm on, I'm on food stamps, so that's not, it's so I can drink. That's why I have to be a nanny, is so I can make money for alcohol. That's, that's what I need. And that actually works into the whole thing, is that, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to have a baby because I love drinking. I'm a 41-year-old woman who loves to drink. Mm. So having a baby, for me, is not a responsible decision. In fact, I'm being a responsible adult by like admitting that I love alcohol more than children. Absolutely, absolutely. You have to pay me $23 an hour to hang out with kids. That's just the way it is. I'm not gonna hang out with them of my own volition. What freak would do that? Oh, cause it looks like you? Oh look, we share some of the same genes, so I give a shit. You, we, we share, I share 98% of my genes with my cat and no one gives a fuck about that. I'm like, we're the same, you and I, Spike. We're the same, we're 98% the same. I talked to him, we're friends. Anybody else talk to their cat? Totally. I, I talked to my, I just got this, uh, my wonderful boyfriend uh, bought me this book, newly published by Bukowski. People don't know, they're like, oh, newly, he's dead, right? But uh, they found, they found a bunch of his poems that had never been published, and they published a book called uh, On Cats, because Charles Bukowski was a huge, huge cat fan. So there's pictures of him with all of his cats, and then there's all of this previously unpublished uh, work, poems and short stories about cats. 
I love it. I'm actually reading it out loud to my cat right now. My cat is so stoked. I come home and I'm like, sit down, Spike. Sit down. We're going to read some poetry together. And he sits next to me and I read him poetry about cats. And I swear he's really, he's a good listener. Uh, I've also taught my cat how to high five. I don't know if anyone else has done that. You can teach your cat to high five. We're working on shake now. So he can high five and we're working on shake. Uh, you just have to feed him a lot of cheese. He's just like any other man. You just feed him and he does whatever you want. It's really great. You just feed him, you don't make him pay any rent and then you clean up after him and he does anything you want like high fiving and shaking, being really fluffy and nice, snuggling with you at night. He's good. It's just like... He's a nice boyfriend. I love, I love my cat. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the stereotypical way that you might think. Uh, I want to take my cat, and I want to shave him. Uh, yeah, and then I want to knit a sweater out of his fur, and then I want to make him wear it. Because <laughs> I'm a crazy cat lady. Like, I'm absolutely legitimately crazy. <laughs> I want to take all of this fur and make yarn and then like make it of this fashion it into a cute outfit. He's great. My cat is amazing. You guys, he's so fluffy. Uh, he's actually, he is uh, sort of a, like uh, a spark in my relationship with my wonderful boyfriend because he, uh, he is uh, kind of a, uh, he's a fluffy cat, he's, but he's kind of a fluffer. He takes his, he takes his tail. Uh, and he gets between my legs and he just kind of like flicks that tail around and it's just like, oh, cat, I feel good. And then like sometimes I'll take his tail and he thinks he's flicking my bits and I'll put it near my boyfriend's bits. And he's like, stop it, stop doing that. And I'm like, it's so funny. And then the cat is actually fluffing. It's, he's like, he's like, he's the porn star that I've needed. It's the threesome I've always wanted to have, me, my boyfriend, the cat. So fluffy, so nice. I masturbate with my cat a lot. I masturbate, but my cat comes up and masturbates with me. He's doing it of his own volition. I don't masturbate my cat. That's weird. But he, he I mean, I know. Well, okay, and, and I've touched his weird little ball sack. I was married to a veterinarian for like 13 years, so I've touched animals' ball sacks and felt palpated them for various reasons. Uh, but my cat, he has a cute little sack, but there's nothing in there anymore. But it's, sometimes it's fun to poke it just to fuck with him. Anyways, so he, he does, I get to touch all weird parts of his body. I touch the bottom, the bottom of his back paws, that soft space on the back. I'm like rubbing it and he's like, Meow, what are you doing? I'm like, I know, you like it, don't you? Okay, so he comes up next to me on my leg and he does this thing where he starts doing this. Uh, you see in his eyes a little third lid comes up you know what I mean it like glosses over the side I know that he's happy I know that something's about to happen so I'll roll him over and his his little kitty crayon comes out his little tiny little pink kitty crayon this is so cute it's just sticking out uh and this one time a little bead of wetness got to the end of his little kitty peepee and it was hovering there it was hovering it was hovering above the sheets and I was like this is going to be a problem this is going to be a problem just landed right on my sheets. And I was like, it's time to sniff this. No. Do you know what cat cum smells like? No. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It's not a big deal. It's not even, he doesn't have his balls. It's just, it's just some weird wetness that comes out. Have you, boyfriends have that too. Sometimes you get them excited and then like wetness, clear wetness comes out the end of their pee-pee. That happens. It's the lubrication. I, th I think that that's what's supposed to happen. I don't know. I don't understand science. 
I do understand uh, how much I love my cat, though. And I know that my cat loves the, just the fuck out of me. My cat loves me so much. Uh, I was getting finger banged by my boyfriend the other day. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there he is. And, uh, and my, he, he pulled out, he pulled out. There was, there was some wetness there. There was some stuff on the fingers. My cat didn't just sniff his fingers. He licked them. Meaning that my cat loves me. Or women really do taste like tuna. Yeah, either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. Yeah, it's ahi, not albacore. None of that white shit. It's dark and purpled with age. That's what happens when you're 41 years old and you've been masturbating since you were four. It just gets weird. You're breaking capillaries down there. And I'm no porn star. I can't afford any of that, like, bleach. What are they doing now? They're like, oh, you shave your pussy all the way. Shave it all and then dye your labia to look like a porn star. This actually exists. You can, there is labia bleach for those that are embarrassed. Like, I'm not embarrassed about all kinds of things on my body. Like, my hemorrhoids are big enough. I mean, I guess I'd bleach those if I could, but, like, for someone actually to go through the motions of being like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get laid unless I dye my labia. That's the problem here, is my dark purple labia. Because if they were pink and pristine, like a 12-year-old, everyone would want to fuck me. No, that's not the problem, honey. It's... The problem is your lack of self-esteem when you go out in public because you're dyeing your fucking labia with bleach. Leave the porn star stuff to the porn stars, all right? They're getting paid for it, okay? Talking about getting paid for shit, I get paid to touch baby dicks for a living. It's super awesome. I touch a lot of baby dicks. This might confuse you and you're like, why is she touching baby dicks? Um... I'm a nanny, and the people that I nanny for have, uh, are, she is a wonderful woman, and she has a PhD in, like, African studies and anthropology, so she's just totally not into genital mutilation, which I love. So she didn't chop the dicks off her children. It's so nice. Here's the thing. In the early 90s, all these white bitches are like, oh, there's female circumcision in Africa. How terrible. How are they doing this cultural thing to their ladies? And it's like, look in your own fucking backyard, you cunt face. We've been chopping off babies' dicks in America since 1950. For what reason? You're not a Jew, you white, waspy lady. Now, I understand the Jews. I'm a Jew. It's fine. Cut off the baby dick. We've had a covenant with God for thousands of years, 5,000 lunar calendar. How long have we had a covenant with God where he steals the baby dick? I don't know what he's doing with it. He could be making croutons for a salad. I don't give a fuck, okay? We've got a covenant with God. God wants the baby dicks. Why did American women in the 50s start jumping on this bandwagon? We we'd get rid of the baby dick. Why? Why? Why is this a thing? And it's because Americans are lazy. <laughs> Uh, circumcision came up at the same time as like Duncan Hines. Like you couldn't, you couldn't make a cake anymore. Like you can't take the flour and the oil and put it together with an egg. No, no, you need a box, an egg, and some oil. And now you can make it. You could have made a cake before. You lazy cunt. But now, now it's because they don't want to clean the schmegma out of the dick. I'm teaching a two and a half year old how to play with this. He pulls it. Pull. You gotta get in and you gotta get out all that weird schmegma. You got It's a real thing. You really gotta clean the baby's dicks. I'm getting paid 23 bucks an hour for it. I'm excited about it. Let me tell you, I touch a lot of baby's dicks. And it's okay. It's great. I would like American women to get less lazy and stop mutilating the it, circumcision his choice's decision. I'm gonna get on the bag wagon on this one. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry. There are so many other like bizarre things to be worried about in the world, and I'm like, circumcision is a problem. It's, but some people think it's great. Like they love they love to not have to smell the weird smell of schmegma. That's fine. But guys that learn how to clean out their dick, it's not a deal. This, this one time in San Diego, I was on this OTL team and we were called Schmegma Farm. <laughs> and it was great, because every time we got to play, all we wanted to do, all we wanted to do was win another game. Because they announced it, they announced it over the, they announced, we had a game, our third game, because we won two games. Our third game, they said, at 11.30, it's Schmegma Farm versus Eat the Peanuts Out of My Shit. And I was like, this is the best matchup ever! If you guys don't know what OTL is, it's a game called Over the Line. It's Lazy Man Softball. It's a really fun game in San Diego. It's an excuse to drink four, uh, four four locos before noon. Uh, and, then, and then, and then vomit like grape-flavored raspberry shit. It's bad news. Does anyone else love alcohol as much as I do? I do. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love alcohol, I love drinking, I'm never gonna have any babies, I really need abortions to stay legal uh, because I'm gonna keep drinking. If they eventually, let's say, let's say they, let's say that the government's like, oh, fuck your rights, you have no decisions, you can't make positive choices for yourself, alcoholic, you got pregnant, have this baby. And I'm like 43 years old and they make me have this baby. Oh, fuck, this is not a good idea. I'm gonna have to buy some tools so I can drill some holes in the trunk of my boyfriend's car so that the baby can breathe while I'm hanging out at the bar. You know, because I can't afford a babysitter. I am the babysitter. So if you make me afford the babysitting, I'm gonna have to have the, it's, it's a baby. You give it a sleeping bag and a trunk, it's gonna live, right? If you give it air, like, it's fine. It's no big deal. I'm a responsible-ish adult. They're in, yeah, air and darkness, they're fine. Give it the tip before you start, because you're gonna pump and dump later, or make that into breast milk beer cheese. I think that can solve the vegan problem. Uh, if we, if you pump and dump your boob, your breast milk boob cheese, right, and then you make it into cheese, can vegans eat human breast milk cheese? I think they can, because no animals were harmed in the making of this cheese. It's a vegan, it's a human cheese. Anyways, I have this baby, they make me have this baby. <laughs> they make me have this baby, this baby is four years old, it's still a runner, I don't know if you guys know about runner children, you have to put a leash on them, because they just like want to run into traffic, like, they're just, they're just running, they're, ah! they're like, they don't, they want to die, they don't want to be around. They're runner children at four, they're terrible, uh, it's, I couldn't, I can't even get this imaginary baby in preschool. At six years old, Still a biter, first grade. Uh, didn't get held back in kindergarten, not sure why. I thought there was enough alcohol fetal syndrome in there, right, to give it a flathead so it wouldn't make it. But no, it's six years old and it's in first grade and it's biting, it's biting bitches, left and right, arr, arr. And the teachers are like, what? Uh, at, at eight years old, I finally get called into this uh, parent-teacher conference and the teacher says, oh, wow, um, your child said that you love alcohol more than it. And I said, this is a sippy cut filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. Like, are we confused? Where was the confusion about me? I'm not gonna stop drinking, cause, cause I have a baby. So finally, uh, at 11 years old, the baby starts smoking the dubs. 
which is rad because then we have something to talk about. We can get high and hang out. At, at 13, it starts the ketamine, and I'm like, who's your dealer? <laughs> this sounds like fun. K-hole all around. Let's do it together. Uh, at 15, starts on the cocaine. I don't know where it's getting the money from. It's clearly not me. Where? No, it's not stealing from me. I don't have any money. I'm spending it on alcohol. Where's the baby getting the money for the cocaine? You know, finally starts heroin at 16. At 17, dies of a huge speedball overdose, right? And I'm like, 17 years. That's a 17-year late-term abortion. I didn't want to have the baby, okay? It was not, it was your choice, taxpayers, to put it through rehab four times. Your choice, your money, not mine. 17 year late term abortion. No, I, that's the whole thing is I don't need an intervention because I like drinking and I don't have children. The only time Candy Finnegan gets involved is when she's like, your kids really need you. I'm like, I don't want to have kids. Don't make me do it. Stupid government. I, I mean, could you imagine that they forced me to have a baby because of some, some moralistic, you know, um, I don't know what, what, what the word I'm looking for. Yeah. 1984. 19, yeah. I, I love George Orwell. Yeah, I could teach kids all about Animal Farm. Yeah. Four legs good, two legs bad. Yeah, four legs, four wheels, no, four wheels are good. Skateboarding is good. I hang out with a child, uh, and every time we see a skateboard, I'm like, look, a skateboarder, and he's just obsessed with it. And every time we see a motorcycle, he points at it, and I'm like, I know motorcycles are cool. And he, like, does this. I'm ruining him for his parents. I, I took him to Costco the other day, and I convinced him that it was Disneyland because they both have churros. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only similarity. Churros are delicious. If you give a child sugar, it actually fucks with them. Because I gave him, an well, we split an entire churro, and he had sugar all over his face. It was so cute. We were having such a good time. Everything was great until we got on the bus, and he starts doing this, and I'm not fucking with you. He starts, he stands up, and he starts doing this, and I'm holding it. He goes... <laughs> Like, and I'm holding him around his middle, and I'm like, you can stand. I just have to hold you. And he just kept, like, flailing, like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, sugar is good. Sugar is bad. I'm a terrible, terrible nanny. I, I'm a great nanny. You guys, I'm a really good nanny. Here's the thing. Having sex on top of a baby is not pedophilia, all right? When the, ba- when the, baby's, when the baby's, like, four months old, okay? It, like I'm, I'm getting banged from behind, so I'm having a good time. But I'm making eye contact with the baby. That's good nanny behavior. I'm making good eye contact with the baby. I'm having a good time. Baby's happy. Baby can only see like 15 inches in front of his face anyway. So just because the baby's first words are, uh, uh, doesn't make me a bad nanny. Makes me a bad nanny. I'm a ter- I'm terrible nanny. Uh, I was, I, I actually, I'm a good nanny, you guys. I was, the, these kids, these two six-year-olds the other day, they, they, um, they tied me to a desk chair with yarn and they put tape over my mouth and I, you know, I went along with it because I like to foster creative play. Uh, and, and they took a laser pointer to my hand and they were like, I'm cutting off your hand. I was like, ah, ow, fostering creative play, it hurts, uh. And then they put the laser pointer to my foot and said, oh, I'm freezing your foot. I was like, cold, cold, oh no, what's happening? It's just him. Uh, And then they put the laser pointer in front of my chest and said, "Uh, I'm breaking your heart. 
It's like, Daria, you need to stop, okay? Society has broken my heart because you two are playing a game called police state of your own volition. <laughs> what did I do? What did I do wrong? Why am I tied up to a desk chair with yarn? And they put their little six-year-old heads together and they come back. You stole a laptop. I said, what, what kind of Islamic police state is this? You're cutting off my hand because I stole a laptop? And he looked at me and said, uh, if you were black, we would have shot you. And I was like, wow, this is, we really live in a police state. Yeah, it's not me. It's not me, you guys. America wrote that joke. America wrote that joke. Because there's too much TV. Why do six-year-olds want to tie me up to a desk chair? What kind of fun, weird shit is that? Because of cops? I, 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 took, I took it as an impetus to, to take them to turn the TV off. I never let the kids watch TV because I'm paying $23 an hour. I don't want to give them any TV time. But so I decided to read some books, some literature, like in the olden days. Remember how we used to read literature? Uh, and I, I picked up Gulliver's Travels, which is a great classic book. Classic. Exciting. Well, I got to the part where uh, Gulliver was tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men. Yeah, the Lilliputians. I got really excited. I got really, really kind of hot, you know? Because I thought, like, what if I was Gulliver? And what if I was tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men? And what if a couple of them came by with a little tiny wagon and a strawberry in it? And then like two of them ran up on my belly and they like fed it to me and I was like tied up and I was like, oh, I'm on the beach, this is so fun, this is good. Uh, and then what if like 17 to 22 of them got together and they did this like Cirque du Soleil thing where they like became like the, the, the biggest, smallest dildo in the whole, you know? I don't, I don't know how to make a, I don't know, I don't know, yeah, it's, I don't know how to make a, 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 a gangbang rape fetish fantasy look cute, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. It's a Lilliputian gangbang. There's like, there's like 17 of them in there at once. That is so cute. Like, I can't imagine anything more darling. Like, it's the cutest train I've ever been on. You're in they're in there with their, there's so much room inside my uterus. I, I know, it's like a magical, it's like a, it's actually a portal to another world. Like that's where they're putting the transporter. I know that so the transporter's not working now, but we can make it work later. Yeah, it's, there's all kinds of things happening in my poor vagina. It looks, it's, it's old, it's weird. Uh, it looks like a, a one-winged butterfly made out of thickly sliced roast beef. I have one tiny wonky fin, and, and it's like my Nemo fin. It's where I get all my prowess. It's where I get it all from. I'll leave you guys with an you know, a, a anti-circumcision joke. I want to I, I wanna find the right guy, right, because I want him to be uncircumcised, because I want to pull up his dick, and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick, and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin. Because I want, I want whiskey dick for real. Can I finally get it? Can I get it? It's, it's twofold. One, I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey because I'm an alcoholic. Uh, and, and two, I'm just trying to keep it clean. I'm trying to clean out all that schmegma. And the alcohol does an excellent job at that. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Clap for David. Clap for your board op, David Zunzu Kirscher, running the ones and twos. Thank you all for being here. Please clap wildly for all the comedians you saw tonight.
He saw Shelly Strabel, Mary Goss, Iris Benson, Journey Roberts, Luna Malbro, Rachel Raphael. Who did I miss? Who did I miss? I missed one. Uh, I said Shelly Strabel, I already got her. No, that was all of us. I've been Pam Benjamin.